Hi everyone and welcome to the Kindy Pod Podcast. This is episode three and today's episode is going to focus on writing in our kindergarten classrooms and more specifically just how to set up your classroom and your environment to promote writing to take place. All right, welcome back. I am so excited to say that the school year has started. We were just needing it to start. The anticipation was just killing me. Um, I hope that all of your startups have been wonderful. I hope that they were not as bad as maybe you were predicting and that maybe you've got a great support team around you helping you stay positive during all of this uh, unknown and all these new milestones. I am so thankful to have so many wonderful people around me helping me out. I was moved from in-classroom to online. I was asked to go online and I'm so excited that I did. It's exciting to try something new. I, you know, I'm still learning from my crash course in the spring and um, I'm already feeling a lot more comfortable with it. So thank you for waiting um, for this podcast. It's been a little delayed because of all the changes in my life and my youngest has gone to school for the first time in in in-person teaching. So yes, like I said, just so many changes. So thank you for being so patient and hopefully this will help you Um, whether you're online or in classroom um, for your teaching this year and how to promote writing in your kindy room. So the beginning of the year, which is now, um, you know, the first thing I do is I just set up the scene in our classroom to allow our children to feel welcome and invited and that they are involved in our kindergarten community. This is where we start every year. Every September is only focusing on belonging and contributing on making them feel welcome, and just inviting them into the school scene. This is where we are focusing on building our connections and learning as much as we can about our kids and how they learn and what makes them tick, Um, you know, learning their currency, as some would say. And, um, you know, this is a great place to start. You want to know your kids before you start into academics. We still have academic learning happening in September. I'm not saying that we don't, but it's very minimal. And I like that progression because we want these kids to feel open and welcome and connected with us before they start into their, you know, meat and potatoes um, of learning because we need to know how to teach them. We need to know what works for them and, um, you know, how to keep them engaged. So, That is very important. Whether you're online this year, teaching online, or whether you're in person, you know, this is the only place that you're going to find success um, in starting from. So, you know, starting right into academics right away is, is not really what I would suggest. And maybe, you know, I would love to hear how you would do, um, you would start off your year and not focus on belonging and attributing. I would really love to see how that looks. But if you are like me and, you know, value your the connections you have with your students, September is just all about learning about them and learning how to keep them engaged. So, number one, that was just set the scene that they are important. How do we do this? We involve them in writing tasks. You know, we get them to help us sound out morning messages. We get them to help out... Uh, picking ideas and topics for what we're going to talk about during the day. We, um, you know, with their activities that they're doing, obviously we're still doing fun, engaging activities that are stimulating their brain and focusing on fine motor and getting them to write their name and all those fun things, the beginning steps of school. 
We want all of those amazing pieces of work to be published in our classrooms. We want them to know that their work matters, that their ideas, their interests matter. And this is the best way to get this connection built. In the beginning of the year, we really focus on the SK um, and their confidence and use them to help us, you know, shift all of these ideas that we have done with them in the past to their new JK friends. So we're using their strengths in writing and reading and, um, you know, presenting it with a loud and proud voice. We, we use their strengths to show the JKs how things are done. And it's always in a positive way. It's always in an engaging and inclusive way. We never want to single anyone out that doesn't want to be singled out. It's all about just making everyone feel welcome. So we definitely need those SK role models to come through. We definitely know who they are, who we can rely on. Because in kindergarten in Ontario, we are so lucky. We have two wonderful years, ideally, <laughs> fingers crossed, um, where we get to have the same kids in our class with us. So, you know, we've just seen a, a yeah, pandemic blow that ideal out of the water. But, you know, ideally, we know our kids. We know who we can um, use to help show what, um, you know, our goals are in the classroom and how great they can um, or what great things they can do um, if they keep trying and they want to be engaged. So now that we know our kids and we've set the scene for positivity, you know, then we focus on the environment and the room set up. So that is number two. We, you know, number two is just setting up the environment to allow for positive writing experiences to take place. And how would we do this? We definitely want um, you know, a variety of writing tools and different experiences for them to write for all ages. We have kids that are as young as three and a half. And by the end of the year, we have some kiddos that are six. So, you know, we want, um, we want different challenges in different areas for different age groups, different abilities. Obviously, it doesn't matter how old you are. It's, you know, all about what you're they're capable of. So a three-year-old could come in knowing how to write their name when some of our five turning six-year-olds do not. And that's okay. We have two great years with these kids that we just get to try our best with them and to keep focusing on what they need to learn. So, you know, there's ideas like salt painting, um, salt writing, sand writing, different sizes of markers and crayons and pencil crayons, you know, thicknesses and um, lengths. And, you know, we have iPads where we can type, but the, th the major thing that I think that we should focus on is pencil to paper first. Pencil and paper is very different than typing out letters. Obviously, kids are learning their letters and learning how to type and learning how to write with, um, you know, technology. And obviously online, I'm seeing a lot of that coming out, but we do want to stick with pencil paper activities for our environment. We want to promote them for in home learning and in school learning because it does definitely stimulates a different part of the brain when they have pencil paper activities. So keep that in mind. Definitely don't take out the technology. Just focus a lot on pencil paper as well. Our environment is based on our kids. And once we know our kids, we know exactly what to add into our classroom that will engage them. So. I obviously set up my classroom with my teaching partner in like before September, but it continues throughout September. So when you're building your environment, you want to make sure that you have fun, engaging activities that are hands-on and usually topic-based that are going to 
kind of pull kids in. So right now on online learning, a lot of our kids are into Sonic. I have a lot of Sonic yoga going on. We've got lots of coloring pages. We've got, um, you know, some tracing activities for Sonic. It doesn't always have to be theme-based, but at the beginning, that definitely gets them engaged and wanting to try things out. They know that we are um, catering to their interests and they like that. They like that we've been listening to what they've been telling us. So that's kind of where I start. We definitely want to keep building up on fine motor for our environment. We definitely want all of these um, pre-writing readiness skills to take place. Um, We want to strengthen all of those. So those um, skills, those readiness skills for writing are working on their hand and finger strength. We want to promote um, activities that will get them engaged in whole arm movement writing. So we want their, um, you know, we want their writing, maybe we start with their name or certain letters in their name. We get them to write them um, using a paintbrush outside on a giant canvas or a piece of paper um, or in the mud. We want their arm to cross over their midline, like their midsection. We want them to be building up on their upper body strength and working those muscles because it definitely will come in handy moving forward for their writing tasks for kindergarten and into um, you know later years. We want hand-eye coordination um, to be you know strengthened and bilateral coordination. Um, picking a dominant hand is very important in kindergarten. It is tricky to know at first with some um, where they're going to go. Most of come in knowing their dominant hand and This puts me on a new (laughs) um, topic of left versus right-handed writers. So bear with me. I'll make it quick. I meant to involve my lefty writers in my fine motor podcast, and I'm so sorry I did not. It was not intentional. It just um, slipped my mind. But, you know, there are a lot of lefties coming in undiagnosed as lefties, and, um, you know, they're being forced to use their right hands in some situations, either by their parents or just because they haven't vocalized their, um, you know, their preferred hand being the left. So definitely let our children in your, in your care or your child at home pick the hand they want. We want to put the pencil in front of them and they get to pick it up. Some will switch back and forth, but over time, the more, um, you know, experience and activities you give them, they're going to choose which one is best for them. They're only going to know this by doing activities with, um, you know, writing tools. So definitely make lots of writing tools available for them. We, um, you know, there are tools that will help specifically left-handed writers. So if your child or if your students are left-handed, please seek out tools that will help left-handed writers. Please think about how writing with a whiteboard or a chalkboard can affect them and their writing. I've seen this firsthand where, you know, they are writing and then they're wiping it away with their palm because of um, the way that their board is angled or not angled. And um, we need to really make sure that they have strategies just as much as our writing um, friends do for, um, you know, positive writing. Um, scissors, left-handed scissors specifically, you need to buy for left-handed Friends, using right-handed scissors with left-handed friends are, you know, it's so frustrating. And watching them persevere, (laughs) I've watched some and not understanding why they're having such a hard time until I got to know them a little bit more. But, like, you just need to ask. On your parent information sheets, definitely ask if they have a preference. Ask if they're showing interest in using their left hands. And then giving parents um, strategies of how to use that. There's so many online strategies. Please go and check that out. Okay, 
that's as short as I'm going to make it, but just know that there are definitely, uh, there's definitely a difference and you need to focus on, you know, how to help these specific, um, children who are choosing left-handed. So definitely, yeah, trying to help them get dominant hands. We want them to use the proper pencil grip when using, um, when writing, you know, their hand division, so their pincer grasp, we want them to be able to manipulate their fingers the way that they want to. Everyone has a different hold. Um, I'm not saying that it all has to be the exact same, but we want, definitely want it to be a certain way so that it um, helps promote a longer writing, um, you know, stamina to take place. So it can look very different for lots of people. It obviously can look very different from left versus right handed writers, but we want it to, um, we want their wrist to do less work. We want their fingers to do more of the work. So just keep that in mind. I'm going to put in my Instagram page, the progression of hand grips for pencils and uh, writing tools. Please check that out. If your child is young or just hasn't taken to pencil paper activities, you'll see, um, you know, the progression of those and where we would like them to be by the end of kindergarten, preferably, um, and how to help them. In our environment, we're definitely building up read alouds and what an author is and what an illustrator is because our kiddos can be those people. Um, you know, finding books that are written by younger authors are great to start off the year because you can pretty much just say, like, look, these kids are writing books. You could write a book too. You know, you want to explore the book from cover to cover. You want to make sure you put a lot of emphasis on the title page, you know, the author's notes, uh, the little hidden things the authors do to make books exciting and fun. Robert Munch books are amazing. Obviously, we all know that. And the more, um, you know, enthusiastic you read it, the better. It just brings kids into reading and it makes them love reading. And when they love reading, then they're going to want to write their own books. So we definitely want to build our environment with lots of read-alouds. We want to take that opportunity during our read aloud to have teachable moments of, you know, all the great things that a book encompasses. So, you know, they're the biggest light bulb that I've seen in my teaching is when a JK student was very shy the one year, um, it was one of my first years teaching and she came in and she didn't want to do anything. And that was fine. She didn't want to talk at first, which was fine, but she was an amazing drawer. And I, would write stories and she would be my illustrator and then we published the book and that really got her out of her shell and I just thought that that was a great way moving forward to keep the scene in our classroom going. So we want to publish our kids work like I said in our environment but we want to make sure that they have the opportunity to share. We want to make sure that we build up on the author and books of the month. Um, you know we've had kids who are publishing their work and bringing it down to other classrooms and you know, reading it to the principals, and it's just been great. I think the more you build up read-alouds, the more writers you're going to have in your classrooms. We also want to provide our children with different um, tools to help them write in different places. So we want to make sure we have things like clipboards, and whiteboards, and chalkboards, and you know anything else that helps our children take writing outside or inside or in different places under a table or inside of a quiet cubby um, you know portable writing is a great way to keep them um, engaged in activities you know write the room activities are great you can do them outside you can go on number hunts um, you can go on letter hunts word hunts things like that 
we definitely want to provide our kids with word rings. Usually we um, make them a little bit more individualized. Obviously this year that will be kind of the way we go so that our children can keep working on adding new words um, to the word ring once they're mastering all the ones that they currently have. In a normal year, we'd have word rings they can share and have you know, um, different places for different word rings to go. They can use them and then put them back. We might obviously stay away from that this year. But uh, anything that keeps kids wanting to write in different locations, they're not always just stuck at their desks. Um, or always just inside writing. You know, we want it to be exciting and fun where they can just take, um, you know, their pencil and paper and just go where they feel comfortable. And um, we're gonna see a lot more writing happening that way as well. We always have a writing station, our writing center. Um, in this center, we, um, my teaching partners and I have always um, included different ways to make little booklets. We've already shown them different ways, but obviously it is open-ended. They can try any way under the sun that suits their needs for their book. Um, we provide rulers for lines and pencils, but we also have, like I had said before, tons of different um, writing tools at this place. This is where it's like the hub of the writing um, and creating um, of our classroom. So moving into this year, what I had said earlier was that we make this into a little um, you know, container at their desk. As we move out of this pandemic, we will see it go back to its normal state. But you know, for now, you can still do this. You can still model how to make a little booklet using different tools. You can provide them with staplers if you feel comfortable. If you do not, I did have that one example where they can do a lacing activity, they can hole punch um, you know, their little pages and then have to weave string through. Um, you know, th there's so many op options. Pinterest is a great way to get a lot of ideas. <clears throat> but another great way is just to provide kids with open-ended materials and see what they come up with. So um, yeah, you know, always have stations or this year having, you know, a bin of you know, different materials where they can just create their own books. And we'd be doing the same for our online remote teaching as well. We want our environment to be positive. They are already comfortable. They're at home with their families. They know, you know, who these people are. They're excited because they get to take part in their kindergarten classroom from their, you know, bedrooms or kitchens or wherever they are in their home. And we, we love that. We love that they're feeling safe as a family. And you know, we build that up. We tell them that we're proud of them for making that hard choice to stay home. We're going to try to build this positive scene around community within our online classroom. And we're definitely going to continue to promote and publish their work and materials throughout our year together. It will look very different, but it will be safe. And that's all that matters. Um, you know, with thinking about materials to put in their homes. We, I've had this question a lot from uh, my educator friends who are teaching in person and just a few families that I know who are choosing online. They are wondering what they need to go out and purchase. I personally, I personally, my teaching partner and I, we've decided that we're gonna try our best to keep it to a minimal, especially at the beginning. We don't want parents feeling that they need to go out and buy um, you know, expensive things to make online um, you know, functional because it, it already is going to be hard enough trying to navigate this these waters as, uh, you know, as we see this pandemic 
throw different curveballs at us. Parents are working from home or they're, you know, using family members and babysitters and things like that, obviously safely, but to balance out the workload. So we don't want to add more pressure to their lives. We want to make this comfortable and safe um, and uh, very easy. So that's where we're starting. We're just starting with whatever they have in the home and, and paper. It doesn't matter what kind of paper it is. When we're writing and we're doing fun things, we're trying to create using things from around the house. I think that something that would be inexpensive to purchase would be a whiteboard and then whiteboard markers from the dollar store. That is something that we will eventually ask parents if they are able to get. If not, we will definitely work around it. We have other ways to make writing fun in their homes. Parents have other things that we haven't even thought of where, you know, if we are in talks with them and we are um, keeping this open communication about what we are needing to try to um, achieve, they definitely have a say in how we could possibly get there. So, um, you know, keeping this relationship very positive with parents, we're working with them to create, um, you know, a very healthy and very just you know, engaging and stimulating environment, even though they're not in the classroom, is kind of key. We need to make sure that they are on board with us and that they are, you know, partners in this education process. We are aware that there's a spectrum and what is available for some isn't available for all. So keep that in mind if you are online or even in-person teaching, just the types of things that you promote in your classrooms, um, the things you talk about, topics for, you know, stories or that kind of thing. We need to make sure that we are inclusive on every level. Definitely a struggle that we've noticed early on um, with our remote teaching and writing is that it is very tricky to see pencil lines um, on a piece of paper through a screen, especially if we are looking at work from our, um, you know, emerging JK writers or even some of our SK writers who are still working on their pencil pressure. So. That is very tricky. We definitely get um, our parents to email us a picture of where they're writing when they are writing their names. We're watching how they are using their pencil grip um, and you know all the finger muscles in that kind of regard. But to see the work is very tricky. So my teaching partner and I have been trying you know back and forth to problem solve um, to make this a little bit easier. And what we've come up with so far and. I would love to hear your your strategies or your ideas around this too, is just getting them to use markers to write. I'm hoping we think of something else um, and that they're not using markers the entire year for writing. We definitely want them to learn how to use a pencil and get comfortable around a pencil as well. It's also more forgiving, they can erase. Um, but like I had said, you know, we can definitely, um, you know, just cross out and start again. So. That is definitely something that we can, um, you know, teach them as well. But, um, you know, in talks with other people, I'm hoping that we come up with a better solution as well. And maybe, um, you know, as the year goes on and they get better at their pencil pressure and the more activities we provide them with, they'll get a little bit um, better at making their markings with pencil a little bit more visible through a screen. Another struggle was just not being able to see the writing process because of the way that the camera was angling. Um, it was pointing at them, so we were watching them write, but we couldn't actually see the process. Um, I've seen some very creative ideas where people are adding, um, you know, contraptions to their screen 
where their cameras are so it's pointing down um like with a mirror so that you know it's able to see we kindergartners we're not doing anything like that we're just asking them to angle the camera down if possible so that we could see the writing process happen um you know this strategy with um the marker strategy we're able to see it a little bit easier it's a little bit better for us to see where they're making those mistakes or where they're struggling um, in real time. So hopefully that is helpful. Um, I'm assuming that we are going to come across some more struggles um, or, you know, solve some more problems and it will adapt as time goes on. But um, those are pretty much the two struggles that we've seen around writing so far with um, remote learning. And as they get better at um, writing and pencil pressure, I'm sure it will get a little bit easier. Um, but I would love to hear your struggles with writing online and teaching writing online with kids and um, how you're, you know, pushing through and persevering through these struggles. And number three is celebrating their successes, but mostly celebrating their fails. And I say this because fail, failing at something means that they're trying and we need to build our scene, build our environment and build up our little learners with the ability to try and fail multiple times and eventually they're going to succeed. We know that there are kids coming in at very different levels. We are meeting them where they are and we are promoting their personal growth. We are using our, you know, loud and proud voices um, as educators, but we're promoting others around them to pick them up when they're failing, you know, talking them through things. We're using the power of yet we're using great catch lines and things that make them feel happy and you know they will get there we know some of our kids and what they need during their times of fail um you know sometimes they need quiet spaces sometimes they need everyone to come around them and just be so excited that they've tried we you know you you build up this connection with them in september you know your kids and what they need and that's why it is so important to start with a belonging contributing piece and working on self-reg and um, their well-being. So, you know, when you are making it okay to fail in the classroom, that is going to help with writing. Reading and writing are very tricky for our kids to learn. There's usually some type type of mental block. I know that I've had multiple kids say that they're not smart enough to write, they're not smart enough to read, and it's usually their mindset coming into school. Maybe their older brother or sister have said to them, you're too little to do this. Or, you know, maybe they aren't feeling heard at home sometimes or within the community that they're in. Um, no matter the reason, it's just our job to make sure that they know that they can. We're doing this right from the get-go. We're showing them what they can do. We're showing them the possibilities of what their little minds are capable of. And, um, you know, we're doing this through everything that I've just told you about, you know, setting the scene, setting the environment and celebrating all of their successes and all their fails. Something that I love doing is creating a mistake on purpose when I'm writing in front of our kiddos and just letting them know that it's okay. Giving them a very healthy script to use when they make a mistake, because ultimately it's going to happen. And with adults, it happens even when it's not planned. Um, you know, we, we make mistakes as well. So, you know, the script that I've used is, oh, I made a mistake. That's not supposed to be there. Show them they can cross it out. Show them they can sing a song, the Jolly Phonics song, or whatever song you're using 
to help them with sounds um, or whatever, you know, kind of quirky little thing that you do to find out what letter is supposed to be there. It could be, um, you know, going through the alphabet or using a tool, whatever it may be, just put that in there, whatever they're used to, but modeling that appropriate response to a mistake happening. Um, you know, sometimes I've even done, oh, I'm so happy you guys didn't make fun of me because that would have been really, um, it would have really hurt my heart. You know, something like that is, is just so helpful. They need to see that when you're setting your scene of your classroom and they need to see it throughout the year. And I've had lots of kids mimic the same script. I've seen this happen and um, others have reminded them, oh, remember, it's not a big deal. We just cross it out and try again. So if you haven't already tried that in your classroom, you should definitely stage a mistake right at the beginning of the year and, uh, you know, give them those healthy strategies and model those healthy strategies for the future. Something else that I do to help celebrate their successes are, you know, once they're done presenting or once they're, you know, um, coming away from showing off um, their published work or their, um, you know, even just something as simple as a picture that they've described that's going to go, um, you know, they're going to expand on into writing. We, you know, we say this fun thing as they're walking away, we say, oh, watch out, there's an illustrator coming through or watch out, there's an author coming through and they just spark up. Their faces just get so, um, you know, joyful and um, they just, they're just alive. They feel so great and welcomed and accepted into this um, community that we've been building. So you know how um, your kiddos um, or what they need and how, you know, what works for them and just fun little things like that just make them feel a little extra special. So definitely try to think of little ways that you can, you know, boost up their confidence, whether it's during a fail or a success, just keep them going. That's our job. And we, you know, we're really good at making it fun in kindergarten. So our takeaways for today are those three steps that I do every year, you know, first, just setting the scene for, you know, positivity and acceptance and, you know, making them feel important. Um, number two is just setting up the environment to be print rich and, you know, full of different you know, activities and tools to help with writing. We definitely want to keep our environment full of read alouds and time for them to share and definitely um, areas of the day where they, are, they can publish their work with their friends. However, that may look safely within um, in-person teaching. Obviously, um, you know, we can, there's lots of ways around, um, you know, sharing and keeping things cleaned in between um, that I'm sure a lot of you are a lot better at that than me because I'm not actually in the classroom this year. I'm obviously teaching online. So um, that's number two. And number three is celebrating their successes, but their fails as well. And, you know, making their environment a fun place to try and try and try again, a welcoming place, uh, a warm place, somewhere that they can feel, um, you know, the need to keep failing, um, basically, in front of their friends and, you know, teaching one another that it's okay to fail and to bring everyone in, um, into this community and to make them help one another when they are down. You know, we want, um, and, you know, just to touch base on what I had said earlier about technology, it's such a great tool to use. Obviously, technology is great. You know, boom cards and um, read alouds online and typing out and using all of these new apps um, to get, you know, messages to each other are great. 
But one thing I definitely wanted to point out was pencil to paper. It just, it makes our the, our children's frontal lobe just alive, you know, and that's where all the, the executive um, functioning takes place. So that's like their reasoning skills, their planning and judgment, problem solving, um, you know, and we want all of those skills to be strengthened and we want our kids to still have the pencil and paper uh, tasks to take place because they need that section of their brain to be stimulated and and uh, strengthened. So just remember that there needs to be a healthy balance. And I hope that these skills, um, you know, the skills that you already have are being brought into your classrooms, even though our, our year looks a little different. I hope these strategies that I've pointed out um, are either some are new or some are you know, um, things that you've done in the past and are, you know, just needing a reminder of. I hope that they are helpful. I'd love to hear about your startups. I'd love to hear about how everything's going. Um, you know, I will be touching base on how um, COVID classrooms are working, not working halfway through the year very soon. I just want to know kind of what your struggles are. What are your successes around writing and everything else in between? So, Thank you guys so much for being patient for this podcast, like I said before. And I'll definitely be trying to get these podcasts out a little bit faster now that I know my platform a little bit better. I am definitely going to be including strategies for both in-person teaching and online teaching moving forward because that is my, um, you know, obviously in-person teaching is where I feel most confident, but I'm also, you know, finding my footing in online teaching and with it being kind of where I am, I will definitely pass along the tips and tricks moving forward of what I'm doing to also facilitate, um, you know, positive growth in that department as well. So, um, yeah, I would love to hear if you have any ideas for new, um, topics for episodes. I would definitely love to answer any questions you have about this episode or past episodes or, um, anything on your brain, um, you know, in the realm of kindergarten. So please feel free to contact me. I'll be uploading all the pictures that I mentioned to my Instagram page um, for this episode. So definitely check that out as well. And yeah, just never stop learning, my friends. Keep up the great work and I will talk to you next time.